Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. I'm so excited to have this guest because I'm all about podcast swapping and I'm also all about parenting. And this week we have both. Dr. Sarah Davis and Evie Granville are parenting experts whose advice has been featured by Parents.com, MSN, The Washington Post, Associated Press, Reader's Digest, and other major media outlets. They are the authors of Modern Manners for Moms and Dads, Practical Parenting Solutions for Sticky Social Situations, the host of a five-star rated podcast by the same name, and parenting educators who a positive parenting community called The Neighborhood. Evie and Sarah are also best friends and moms for two six young kids between their two families. I'm so excited to chat with two great friends, two wonderful parents, and help give insight on some of our superpowers as parents. Let's get right into it. Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. As a rule and a joy of mine, I love to podcast swap when I can. And I was on these people's two amazing moms changing the world of parenting day in, day out. They have a book and we're going to talk about it. Don't worry. But Evie and Sarah, can you please introduce yourself on the Dude Therapist podcast for the listeners? Sure. Hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Dr. Sarah Davis, and I am a mom of four kids. My kids range in age between two and 11 years old. Um, I'm also a military wife. My husband has been in the military his whole career, so that's pretty cool and exciting Um, and, you know, has brought on its own challenges as a parent. Uh, I am an experienced teacher. I have my doctorate in curriculum instruction. Um, I've taught classes in school all the way from preschool to eighth grade. And currently I'm teaching preschool virtually, which is just a fun little challenge. Um, But, you know, this morning I had a tea party with with six four-year-old girls. So like, how fun is that, right? Um, Evie and I are best friends. We met 10 years ago when our babies were one, now they're 11 almost. And we are the co-authors of the book, Modern Manners for Moms and Dads and the corresponding podcast. So Evie, take it away. (laughs) Uh, My name is Evie Granville. I'm a mom of two. I've got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old, both super strong-willed young ladies. They're lovely and wonderful. Um, I also have a background in education. I've got my master's degree and my previous work experience was in a high stakes communication environment in a political environment. So I've got that background to lean on as well. And as Sarah said, we're writers, we're podcasters. I also like to think of us as community builders, parent educators who are trying to really lead the way in talking about parenting in a different way through the lens of doing it in a community, doing it together kind of break through this static of parenting needs to be hard and overwhelming and exhausting and we all have to be martyrs and we've got to do it all by ourselves. We really are trying to break through that and bring together parents who want to learn how to lead their families with love and cooperation in a community that is built on consideration and kindness and not judgment. I love that so much. You know, I want to just give a shout out to two people that popped into my mind that that you guys remind me of, because I think it's so important that educators of children are now going into the world 
of writing their perspectives, whether it comes to parenting and how to raise kids. So I recently spoke with Jessica Leahy and Julie Lithgott Hames, who wrote books on struggling and over-parenting. And you guys are educators, right? And you guys are on the forefront of seeing how parenting can impact how kids interact in the real world and not just in the homes. And I have a limited view. I'm a therapist, right? What comes into my office, that's all I know. I don't see their real world. I see nothing except for what they show me or want to show me. So when a parent, you know, I remember I used to work for a a organization where we did house calls or home visits. And one of the head people said, look, go ask to go to the bathroom and look behind the curtain in the bathtub Hmm. and see how crazy they shove things to get a sense of the home. (laughs) Now, I thought that was a weird statement, but because we never get to truly see what happens in someone's home. Now, when a kid is in school, you see everything because their parents come in for parent-teacher conference. Every single interaction is a maybe mirror image or a uh, something coming through from their parenting or their home. So I love that you come with that perspective. And I love that you guys really talk about community and neighborhood. And we're going to talk about the neighborhood later at the end and the amazing things that you guys are doing, creating that community for so many people. I currently live with my mom and dad. My wife and my daughter, we live with my mom and dad. I would not be able to do half the stuff like getting my daughter ready. And I'm going to bring a story that I told before this morning. We're recording right now in July. My daughter was not feeling so great and she was not herself. And and my mom and myself had to hold my daughter down just to get her dressed to go to babysitting. Now, of course, we didn't hurt her. We were very safe. I don't do that kind of stuff. I promise. But it was a weird experience because I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. And I sat there and texted my wife and I said, how blessed are we that we have people to help us? It's just an amazing experience. So let's jump right in now that I had my little TED talk and my little thing on (laughs) on how amazing you guys are. Um, You know, I was on your show and we talked about self-care. We talked about the idea of parenting and you guys said that I was a crescent. And I said, what the heck does that mean? So can you explain, because I love this and I read your book, I read, you know, bits and pieces of it when you guys sent me an early copy before, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I love this part of the book. I love the whole book really. And it was so real from parents to parents, but this part hit me home because it kind of put me in an understanding and a background of maybe how I interact with my child and my family. So can you guys explain that parenting perspective or framework that I happen to be a crescent, I guess? So it's funny because the book is called Modern Manners for Moms and Dads. So you might think like, what is he talking about a crescent? Like, isn't this a manners book? Like that, you know, how does that connect? And the idea was that when we wrote this etiquette book or when we decided to write about manners, really, we started to realize that people, it wasn't a black and white thing. There isn't, there are lots of right ways to do things. There isn't, oh, you must do it like this. This isn't your grandma's etiquette is what we like to say. Um, And as we were talking about it and researching and working with parents over the last couple of years that this book was being born, really, we realized that parents tend to viscerally prioritize one of three things when they're with their children. A, they prioritize their own needs first and their own boundaries. And we call those parents fireball parents. They're like the sun. They realize that they are burning really bright and that the world and the, the, the solar system revolves around them. If they burn out, things will wither, right? And so those fireball parents are usually our more experienced parents, although sometimes we get a brand new mom who's figured that out already. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
But fireballs have, the, the framework is very, very layered. So that's just a very brief introduction. But fireballs, just like every other perspective, have gigantic superpowers and some kryptonite. The next perspective is a crescent perspective, which you are and which I am. I'm also, I, I like to call myself a crescent with a fireball rising. So crescent parents are the moon parents. They viscerally prioritize their child's needs first when they're with their kids. So in that sense, it could, they're like the moon. They're always there. They're always watching. Sometimes they're like a gigantic full moon and they're right in your face. And sometimes they back off and they're a crescent, but they're still there. They're not going anywhere. Just like the moon is always, always there. The last type of parent prioritizes the needs of other people around them. It's called the constellation parent. Evie is a constellation parent. My husband is a constellation parent. That means that they realize like constellations in the sky, no star is one more important than the other. They all need to burn bright to create a full and beautiful constellation. So constellations tend to put the community first, the needs of other people around you. And that can be an amazing superpower too. So as we go through this conversation, we're going to talk about, I hope, what that really means. Because if this is the first time you're hearing about that, it's probably like, wait a minute, I, don't, I still don't get it. How does that connect to manners? How does that connect to etiquette? Every single situation that you're in with your child, you will find that you, oh, that was a crescent response. Oh, that was a constellation response. Or, oh, I'm a crescent, but I really need to be more constellation over here. So as we grow in this conversation, we're going to see, we're going to talk more and more about it. I love that. And, and Abby, maybe you can touch on this a little bit about, can you kind of crisscross and, and be mixed and matched? Because when Sarah was describing it, I was like, oh no, am I really overbearing like that? Um, <laughs> in a crescent way. And then there's parts of it where you're like, oh no, I, I like being that. I like that my my focus is my child. And it doesn't mean that I'm not focusing on other people, but maybe my my ratio or my percentage is maybe more this versus that. So can you talk about maybe for people who are hearing this for the first time, it might be worrying, oh no, you just put me in a bad box or a bad thing. <laughs> Maybe can we talk about maybe the crisscross of how it can be good and how it can be mixed and matched and it's not black and white where you're always this and not that. Well, I want to say up front that if people are curious to discover which parenting perspective they fall into, crescent, fireball, or constellation, they can take the quiz on our website and it will, it's about a dozen questions. It's pretty quick at evieandsarah.com backslash quiz. And what you're going to discover is that you instinctively fall into one of these three categories, but that does not necessarily mean that you are a super crescent or a super constellation or fireball. It's possible that in all instances, you are prioritizing your child possibly to your detriment, possibly to their own detriment, possibly to the detriment of everyone else around you. I have definitely had that experience. As a new mom, I was a crescent and it was too much. I was what Sarah and I joke, jokingly call a full moon crescent where Everything was super intense. I would just go so far out of my way to be overly protective and overly attentive to my child that it was wearing me out. My husband used to refer to me as a mommy martyr. And it was bad for my relationship with him because there would be times when I was just completely ignorant to his needs. I was not thinking about him at all in the relationship. So what we want to do with parents is offer them an opportunity to A, identify what that instinctive priority is, and then start to think about occasions and opportunities where you might need to shift a little bit. You might need to shift perspectives, borrow strategies from a one of the other perspectives in certain circumstances. So you're not letting go of who you are. It's just kind of recognizing, am I going too far? 
is this the right moment for this kind of behavior? So a good example might be a baby crying on an airplane. For me as a constellation, somebody who thinks a lot about how I'm affecting other people around me, I hated having the baby who was crying on the airplane because I felt like everybody was thinking I was a gigantic jerk. I was ruining their experience on the airplane. They were hating me. It was so awful. My cheeks would be burning red. But in that moment, there's not that much I can do. If my baby's ears are popping and she's uncomfortable, I can give her a drink of water. An older child, you can give a lollipop. You can try to comfort them. But really, my focus should be on the child, not on everybody else. That's a distraction from what I actually need to be focusing on. So what we want to encourage parents to do is to identify who they are and then think about ways that they might shift gears a little bit in situations where your natural instinct is not serving you, your child, or anybody else necessarily. But you know, one thing yeah. I sorry, one thing I want to add to that is on the flip side of that coin, and this is something we talk to a lot of parents that we coach about, every single perspective has a list of superpowers of how they respond perfectly to various situations. And so in, in those cases, you know, say we have Crescent parents, we work a lot with Crescent parents. Say we have Crescent parents. They're amazingly intuitive. They are usually awesome at understanding and anticipating their child's needs to the point where they know like, Oh, my child's going to melt down in 30 minutes. We got to get out of here now. This is the way this is schedule or, Oh my gosh, you know, um, my child's going to, we're going to go out for three hours. My child's going to need this, this, and then this. They can plan perfectly for everything. And then everything goes really smoothly because they anticipated every single thing. So what we'll say like, hey, in this instance, crescents will shine. In this, in these situations, this is going to be a super easy situation for a crescent. And then our crescents are like, yeah, that is really easy for me. But then our constellations might go, that's hard for me. And we're like, yeah, it is hard for you because viscerally, that shift of changing your priorities doesn't come as naturally. doesn't mean it can't. It just means that, hey, let's let's learn what a crescent would do in this situation. And now you know, borrow from here or borrow from a fireball or a fireball. Oh, a fireball says, oh my gosh, it's so easy for me to work out every day. I don't, I, I just find the time. How come you can't find the time? It's easy for me to find the time. And a crescent goes, I don't know. My kids need me. What if I, what if they need me when I walk away and a fireball says, but they won't, you're okay. So we have these conversations back and forth and we're able to identify our own superpowers and then kind of lean on each other to grow from each other. I got to take this test again. I'm worried now. <laughs> Why? Why are you worried? Why are you worried? <laughs> because, you know, my, 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 here, I'll lead to my question. Why do you feel that you work more with Crescent parents than other parents? I'm going to let Sarah answer that. Okay. I am a Crescent and I am a super proud Crescent. And we want parents to celebrate their perspective because the most important thing is that everyone has superpowers. I love being a Crescent. I think a Crescent makes me a fantastic teacher because I just, I'm going to, I love to play with kids. I mean, Abby talks about this all the time. Like, she's like, you did what? And I, I mean, literally I got on the floor this morning and I was having a virtual tea party. I put a unicorn in a dress. So I mean, that's just fun for me. I'd rather do that, <laughs> you know? So, but Crescents feel, Crescents tend to blame themselves when things don't go the right way, even if their child might be responsible because they think, oh my God, if I had just done this, this, and this, then my child wouldn't have done that. So there's a lot of blame. There's a lot of guilt. A lot of personalization. Cres yes, yes. Crescents have a hard time pulling away from their child to get that self-care, that all important self-care in. Um, and they, we work with them a lot on reprioritizing their own selves 
Like what, what do you need? Can you reach out to your community? Can you lean on people? You don't have to do this all by yourself. Um, and we find that Crescent's because they're so great at prioritizing their child. Sometimes they forget about themselves. They forget about their own needs. And we work with Crescent's a lot on reestablishing who they are as people. Well, I also think the yeah. other piece there for Crescent's is that they have a harder time setting boundaries with their kids. And the population that we work with is people raising young kids with a spirited temperament. That that is our that's our jam, right? So if you are that really loving, empathetic parent, and we tell you you've given your child enough warnings, now it is time to set and enforce a firm boundary. That doesn't feel good to mm-hmm. crescents. And I heard a psychiatrist on another podcast recently refer to this as like a form of codependency. I, I, this is not my background, but it's yours. So maybe this sounds familiar to you. But the, the idea was like, I am so uncomfortable about having to enforce this boundary with my child that I might not do it, even though in the end, I I really need to. It's good for them. It's good for me. But I'm so uncomfortable with it. So that's what we hear a lot of from Crescents. Yeah, it's the eye focus of parenting, right? When you're focused about more about your feelings and what you need versus what the child needs and being child-centered and focused. You know, now that I'm listening to the, the the things more, and it was a while since I took that, and now my daughter's two, and I've uh, hopefully grown as a parent since then and learned, I think I'm mixed between Crescent and Fireball um, hmm. because I do find time for myself, mm-hmm. and I like I love to podcast, mm-hmm. right? And I do take time at night to kind of relax, but I also find the joy in sitting on the floor and having a tea party with my daughter recently <laughs> and doing like the little lachaim. You know, uh, with the teacups and I love tea. My daughter goes, daddy, we're having tea. And I go, oh, "Oh, you're my child. I love tea. Um, And, (laughs) and I'm the one who really, and my, my wife also, is there, is there, um, this might be a weird question. So if you guys can't answer or don't want to answer, I respect that. Are there not better? I don't like that word better, but are there more, I'll just use the word better. Are there better combinations for parents regarding the different styles that help create a more, um, a healthier relationship with kids, a better production for children, creating better etiquette and manners for our family and values in a family. Is there a good, like, you know, like everyone goes with like dating with like the different, uh, you know, Virgo, I'm a Virgo, like the signs that <laughs> fit better. Are there better ones that fit? Oh God. I'm like, I, this Sarah, you're a question. Virgo? No. Oh, I thought you were like, yes, we're twins. We're Crescent no. and we're Virgos. No, I'm a Capricorn. Darn it. We could have been twins. But I was, what I was thinking to myself, because we like to talk to um, couples, you yeah. know, and like best friends and ask them like, what's your partner? What, you know, what perspective are they? Because like, it, I, my, as I said, I'm a Crescent. My husband's a Constellation. I think, my, I think Every, my wife is a Crescent. I think my wife is a Crescent and Constellation combo. Okay. I think. So, Every time we go out in public, my husband always says to me, we're in the way, we're in the way. And I'm like, we have four kids, of course we're in the way. (laughs) You know, but he's so concerned that other people are going to think like, oh my God, you got to tie their shoe, go to the side of the road. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's, it's 30 seconds. I'm not moving the entire caravan of four kids to the side of the road to tie somebody's shoe. But he's so concerned with how other people view the world. When we go out and we have little disagreements, it's because our personalities, our parenting perspectives are misaligned. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if I think personally it's better to have, and I use that word better in quotations, but I think Same. it's better to have two perspectives that are different 
than the same because you both have your own superpowers and you can learn and grow and balance out each other. Evie, what do you think? I agree because the parents that we've worked with that, that I'm thinking of that have, you know, a strong relationship, they're really trying to go into parenting, working as a team. We have worked with, you know, a mom who's a fireball, a dad who's a crescent. And they, once they are sort of, um, mastering the techniques that we're recommending, they're starting to see like, oh, I really shine over here. The fireball mom is really great at setting boundaries, being firm. Uh, You know, the toddler's having a tantrum. She's throwing food. She's pitching a fit. No, firm boundary. We're not doing that. That's not appropriate. Cool. But then dad, the crescent comes in. He says, okay, she's, she's sort of wound down now we're going to come in with a you know a little more empathetic approach and oh how are you feeling and what really happened and so when you work as a team that way you can like tag team you know like oh wait this is my moment i'm coming in with the rules it's the same thing in my house i'm a constellation i'm all about rules structure order boundaries my husband's a crescent well i don't know how do the kids feel about that let's check in with them and what would they like to do and what would make them feel best Mm -hmm. so we can complement each other really well if we understand what our strengths are, when to lean in, when to pull back, Mm. and also what motivates the other parent. Because if you are both trying to come at the situation in the same moment with different strategies, you're looking at each other going like, what are you doing? That's completely (laughs) wrong. Why would you do that? Yeah. And it's I love so that. layered. It's fantastic. Like we could talk about this all day. <laughs> That's why we're here. Right. And I love that because I think it's so important because well, I had another question, but I'll add a, a point to this, that when it comes down to the conversations of parents being on the same page, when I was dating my wife, you know, the conversation was like, oh, how would you like to raise kids? You don't know what the heck you're talking about until you have kids. <laughs> So it was really nice. Like, oh, I ideally would love to do this. We're not going to yell. We're not going to spank, you know, all those things, uh, whatever. What did, what did your family do? Oh, we like this. We don't like that from your family. Oh, what did your family do? We like this. We don't like that. We did this thing called an import export where we imported what oh, we liked cool. from our families, the values, and we exported wow. what we didn't. Thank you to a guy named Josh Goller, uh, a, a rabbi in the community who like gave a suggestion before we got married to sit down and have a conversation because each family has their own values and traditions. I'm not even talking religiously. That. I'm talking about just how the I family structure and yeah. come in. But we talked about parenting. What the heck did we know? We know. But when we had, <laughs> when we call, we call my daughter Ricky. Her name's Ricky. I call her the Rickster. When the Rickster was born, then it's like, oh, I'm really good under pressure. Mm. So shots, um, intense situations where my daughter's throwing tantrums or like very, or she gets frazzled. I'm very good at just being there and helping her be calm. My wife gets more frazzled sometimes. Um, and my wife is really good at, uh, her patience is more, she has more patience in general than I do. So like we, we, we only learn that through experiencing and then you can have a conversation cause you're now aware, wait, I'm really not, my strengths are not here, but I have strengths there and you have strengths here and not there. Let's come, let's combine each other, these strengths and come together as a great team. Now, the question I was going to have, cause you guys mentioned, um, two men that you've worked with, with the crescents and that maybe I'm a crescent. Do you see a more common theme, men, mom or dads, um, that, you know, I would assume, and I'm making this big assumption that moms would be more of crescents than men would. Am I false in that assumption based on the research and the things that you've done, the work that you've done writing the book and working with couples? Is there a, maybe a rule or or a theme or a commonality between the, the, um, uh, different things? I think, you know, we're in the middle of conducting research right now, formal research with a pediatrician. So we're going to have a lot more data to chew through soon. Excuse me. But 
What I will say I've noticed is that moms, new moms, are more likely to be crescents. And that kind of makes sense biologically. And that was some of the research that went into our book, the hormones that are involved, you know, in the postpartum period that you are instinctively driven to respond to this baby, to be very protective and possibly to go too far in that direction. I did. Sarah, I think she would say she did as well. We went very far in the direction of being crescents. We were attachment parents. We were all, you know, we were all in on baby wearing. Sarah was co-sleeping. We were doing all of it. Um, But (laughs) we have heard other experienced parents. Actually, we had an interview recently. Sarah did an interview with a doula who was saying that she sometimes felt like she was being held hostage by attachment parenting, the attachment parenting philosophy that you, it was so overwhelming to constantly be all in with the child and not to really have an opportunity to think about yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that it is natural for a woman who's a new mom to fall into that category of being a crescent and then slowly start to, I don't want to say back away from it, but find more balance. Find I yourself. can't say I've noticed. Yes. Cause you, you, you are a person in this relationship with a child too. Yeah. I can't say I have any specific insights on dads though, but that is a fascinating question. No, because like I know for me, I recently spoke with a therapist, Dr. Cassidy Friedis, who her, her specialty is postpartum issues with men. Her dissertation, wow. her dissertation is on that from her, her PhD. And and it's a very it's a big deal now talking about men. So I was more of a crescent. I struggle with postpartum anxiety. So I was like overbearing overwatching. Is she okay? Oh my goodness. Yes. She's breathing. She's not breathing. How fast <laughs> is she breathing? Is she on yes. a pulse? Let me go check in her when she's sleeping. Like that kind of over intensity. I was so anxious. There are many reasons. Don't worry. I've gone to therapy for it and worked through it. I'm a lot better now. <laughs> but um, that being said, it was had to do with because we went through IVF and, and, and she had, we had an emergency section and I thought I was, I was not going to walk out of the hospital with a child and a wife. Like I was so worried. I have both. Thank God. They're all healthy and well. Yes. Thank God. There was this intense worry that maybe brought that out more for me that I might've not been. So I would love, of course, when the research is done, I would love to hear the themes because I know I work with both men and women in my practice. And when I work with relationships and parenting and stuff of that nature, there are certain themes you see, but there are a lot Mm -hmm. of exceptions to that rule. So, uh, you know, just to bring that question up, I just thought about that. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that because as, and this is why I want people to be proud of their perspective. I don't want people to think, oh my God, I'm a crescent. I need to stop that or I need to back off that. You know, there are superpowers to every perspective and we, we become what we are because of our experiences. So we will have crescents who say, I tried for a baby for six years and this baby, I had this baby after many miscarriages. Of course they're crescents, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're I, all in on that point. Right. I mean, it's like, we're not going to say to someone, don't be who you are. That would be awful. And yeah. and we love all of our parents. And, and as I said, like, I'm very proud of the strengths that I bring to the table. I am. But if you think I'm married to a constellation and my best friend is a constellation. So, and Evie is married to a crescent and her best friend is a crescent. So, so there's some, there's some, there's some that, connection there, right? It's like, we're seeking out what we don't, mm-hmm. what we can't bring to the table. So like we have noticed that everyone we work with in the military mm-hmm. is a constellation. I was going to say mm-hmm. that by the way, when you talked about your <laughs> husband being a constellation, yep. that idea of putting others or yeah. let's say the country or yes. yourself aside for the bigger picture, 
I was gonna say like that makes total sense when you say yes, your husband is a, cr- they're, a constellation. They're very community focused, and they also love Not rules and structure and order, and they're mm-hmm. really good at like. But you know, they're, they're and and so that's been kind of a fascinating pattern that we've noticed. Yeah, I, I really there's the perspectives that the framework is so layered and it, it hits on every aspect of your life. It's really cool. Yes. How do you guys, I know we're getting off topic for a second. And I want to talk in a, in a couple of minutes about the parenting pyramid that you guys so beautifully. And we talked about the base, the base of the foundation when I was in your podcast about the self-care piece. And I want to talk about that pyramid. It reminds me of Maslow's, yes. you know, um, hierarchy of needs. And it's, it's very mm-hmm. important that we apply that. I remember when I was taking my LCSW exam and my LMSW exam, um, licensed master social worker and licensed clinical social worker exam. The biggest theme that everyone did in all the boot camps or all those trainings was like, don't forget Maslow's hierarchy in every question you do, <laughs> because that's the answer. It's what comes first. When you look at what someone needs, it has to start somewhere and end somewhere. And there's a need that needs to be met in every yeah. aspect of our life. And we need that as much as parents more than ever, because we're so f- doing everything and that can be really hard, but you know, it's just so interesting that when you go through the research and you read your book, it is so heartfelt. It's so real that you guys are really coming from a parent's perspective, trying to help parents. And it is so layered because parenting is so complex and our, we, we are complex as well. So to be able to bring that to the table and maybe give perspective on maybe why we're doing something. Like I said to you guys before, I got really recently into attachment theory. And it's not that I didn't know this stuff before, but now that I'm reading it and researching, I'm like, oh my gosh. This makes sense. And that makes sense. And it like all of a sudden connects dots to maybe why and and give a little background or context to certain styles that people come into relationships. So let's talk about the parenting pyramid for a second. We, you know, we, we touched on the self-care thing on your show. And if you haven't listened to it, go, go listen to that. Um, Can we go from the next level? What's above the self-care? Cause that's the basic foundation. You need to take care of yourself. One, to be human two, to be a partner and, and three, to be a parent. So what's above that? If that's the basic, where do we move up from there? Well, we oftentimes will work with parents with young kids who are super spirited. They are, you know, those strong-willed kids who have a thousand questions and want to do everything by themselves. And they, they're, you know, they're, it's a lovely, they're lovely, smart, they're clever kids. They have so many strengths that they're going to grow into as adults. It's just that when you're raising them as toddlers, as preschoolers, as school-age kids, it can be challenging. We need a lot of skills for that. And so parents will come to us and say, my kid does not listen. That's like one of the most frequent concerns we hear. I can say things until I'm blue in the face. This kid doesn't listen. And we will sort of say, well, let's pause for a minute because there are um, two levels to this, right? We have a kid who's not listening, but before we can get to the behavioral issue with the child, we have to talk about the level above self-care in our pyramid, which is providing emotional support to the child. Children don't listen if they don't feel heard, if they don't feel respected, if they don't feel connected to you. I mean, it was the same thing when I taught, I was teaching in a high school classroom. You're not teaching those kids anything until they respect you. And they feel respected by you. You got to build that trust in first. Every and single movie in thing. the 80s and 90s. Yes. Yes. Like TV show. Right. Yes. Mr. Potter or like Mr. Yes. Mr. Carter, like all those things. Like it had to be with like, oh, he's a cool teacher. Now I can yes. listen. Yeah. Yes. They say what kids don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. 
Yes. So it's like we have to we sort of take that for granted with our own kids, thinking that like it's already pre-built in and we don't have to worry about that. We can just skip over that piece and go right to like I'm implementing behavior management strategies. No, you can't. So we talk about how do you provide emotional support to your child? And of course, this is something Crescents are really good at because they're really good at seeing what's going on with their kids and being empathetic and leaning into those big emotions that kids have sometimes for constellations. And for fireballs, it's something we really need to teach. So we teach a strategy called special time where we do really concentrate. It's essentially play therapy, right? Where we're getting into our child's world every day, 20, 15 to 20 minutes, really concentrated one-on-one play, no phones, no TVs, no distractions. We play what they want to play. We get into their world and that gives us the emotional leverage to move up to the next layer of the pyramid which is behavior management. Now we can start talking about, okay, our kid feels connected to us. How are we going to manage these big behaviors when they come up? And kids who feel connected are more cooperative. We can see it in the research. Parents who take care of themselves are more patient and empathetic. So you have that emotional, you have the emotional capacity yourself to lead into your child when they're having a big experience, a big emotion. It all comes together. And the final layer of the pyramid is etiquette, good manners, kindness, consideration. If I go into Target and my toddler starts having a meltdown and let's let's not even make it Target, let's make it high stakes for me. If I get on an airplane and my toddler starts having a meltdown and I have not eaten today, I haven't taken a shower, um, I haven't had any one-on-one time with my kid in a whole week, I'm just basically surviving, that is a meltdown for me as well. My kid's going to melt down and I'm going to melt down. It's a it's a an S show. I'll just say it that way. You can curse. You can curse. You can go for it. <laughs> we curse on our show, bud. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, it's funny because wh- when I'm listening to you talk about this, it reminds me of, of a, a great uh, psychologist, Dr. Dan Siegel and Dr. Bruce Perry. So Dr. Bruce Perry is trauma specialist. I mean, he was one of the first people in Waco, Texas, when they had the the all the cult stuff and everything that went down. He was the psychiatrist who was on scene helping deprogram slash de-stress, de-traumatize the children. Um, and they both talk about a very similar thing. So Bruce Perry in his book, Born for Love, highly suggest it. Um, it's a really very uh, empathetic and loving book, and he recently collaborated with Oprah. So if you collaborate with Oprah, you can do no wrong. <laughs> um, and so, and Dr. Dan Siegel on his, his book, Whole Brain Child, and um, and uh, No Drama Discipline, it's all about connection and love. It's all about that sitting with your kid for 10 to 20 minutes once a day, and that feels like a lifetime to the children because they don't have a concept of time yet. So you can't be like, oh, we've we've hung out for an hour. No, it could be 10, 15 minutes, and that solidifies a deep connection. So when the kid or your children feel that you're connected and care, and you embody that love, you share that love, all of a sudden, you have that. You have that now relationship to build something on. And the second thing I want to add so beautifully that you said, Evie, is that this idea of Yes, we have to teach emotional intelligence and support for our kids and behavioral things, but you also need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're working on that for you. Because if you're not in the right state of mind, like you said, you didn't eat, you didn't shower, you didn't have that emotional connection with your children, you're done. Because that one Mm -hmm. little trigger, it's over. Not that your life is screwed or you're, you know, it's over in the end that that big sense or scary sense, but you're at a lower ability to handle and deal with with the stresses that come with parenting. Yes, yeah, Sarah, I see you're, you're ready to go. 
I'm not actually. I'm just listening. <laughs> oh, great! I love that you're listening. <laughs> I, so, I'm just nodding and like, yeah. yes, yes. So it's yes. so important because, and you know, and not not to push. I, I don't get sponsored by Dan Siegel, even though I wish I did because I would love to meet him. Because <laughs> um, he's like an idol of mine when it comes to his writing and his is just his his intelligence and just the way he gets things across and his speaking. He has a book called Parenting Inside Out, I think it's called, or something of that nature, where it's about okay, now you're a parent and things are coming out that you've never knew before. So take a step back. Look internally. What do you bring to the mm-hmm. table? Which is why I love the the kind of framework that you guys create, the crescent, the constellation, the fireball, um, because it really is about what internal things are you now projecting or utilizing as parents that interact in every single relationship, specifically with your children. Because if you become aware of what's going on internally that's coming out, it helps you be a better person, a better parent, which is what we're trying to do in life. So, you know, with it's so many, it's so much, it's so much research going on right now with parenting. I love it. And it's amazing because we need it more and more because there are a lot of parents out there in this world and, and parents need help, right? I need help every yeah. day as a parent. And I'm sure you guys do too. Um, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about something that we, we, that I think is so important, which is the neighborhood. Can you kind of talk about that for a little bit? It's so funny. You said that, you know, parents need help. And that we all need and someone to listen, you know, and, and, and the neighborhood came out of the fact that for the last 10 years, Evie and I have been the person for each other. You know, we've called each other on the phone multiple times a day, sometimes, Hey, and, and, you know, we talk about our business a lot because we're business owners, but sometimes it's like, Hey, I don't want to talk about that. I have a thing. I, I need your advice. And it's like, okay. And we'll drop everything and just have that conversation about whatever's going on. That has been the lifeline for us to be able to kind of move through the challenges that having kids brings to you. And a lot of times we heard over the years, people say, I wish I had that. I wish I had a friend. I wish I had that, that like non-judgmental, open-minded space, supportive space where I could just come and be myself and say the things that are embarrassing or that I wish I didn't do, or that, you know, that time I lost my temper and have someone say, yeah, you, you know what? That's happened to me too. Um, and, and so that was the basis of the neighborhood. But then we created the, we, we kind of thought about the neighborhood years ago. Then we created the framework and wrote the book and we thought, oh yeah, here we go. Because the neighborhood is a combination between this open-minded supportive community and learning all about your strengths from your parenting perspective. So you come, you take the quiz. Okay. You're a constellation. Awesome. We, and then every week we teach a parenting strategy through the lens of those perspectives. Like today we're going on live to talk about the strengths of crescents. When it comes to getting kids to listen, the the other week we did fireballs. The other week we did constellations. So people come on and say, yeah, that's me. That's what, look at that. I'm so good at that. That's what I do. And then another parent might go, oh, wow. Huh? Yeah. I don't do that, but I think that might work for me. That's And we say, well, you know what? You're a fireball. So that might come a little bit harder to you, but if this is something you want to try, it might work, you know? And then if you have a child who's not responding to the crescent perspective, which I have one that has given me a run for my money because I naturally go toward the crescent. And he's like, Mm-mm. he needs more boundaries and more structure. So then I talked to Evie and she says, you need a little bit more structure. You need to say no a little bit more firmly. I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably do. Because he just, the empathetic, the, 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 that little fun thing that only goes so far with this one. So yeah, and, and, and it's really fun. And they get a, they, they, they grow as a community. They all become good friends. We learn from each other. We teach parent positive parenting strategies through the lens of the framework. And I want to just push it for a second because I think, one of the biggest things that we're noticing today, um, yes, I know we're recording in July and, and I don't know, you know, when this will come out and, but the idea of the pandemic, right. 
has taught us how much we need people. We need each other and we need tribes. We need to find that community, whether it's a religious community, whether it's a parenting community, whether it's a friend community, whether it's a sports community, somehow or another, over generations of our lives, we have found a sense of community somewhere to help us get support, clarity, and connection. Why would we not do the same thing for parenting? Because there are so many things that come up. And sometimes, you know, I think my wife is in those like um, mommy support groups and all that kind of stuff. And I'm in some dad groups. And and the stuff that's asked is so real and so mm-hmm. honest. And it's like real help. I need help. I don't know how to deal with X, Y, and Z. My child just had a diagnosis for autism or ADHD. What do I do now? Or, you know, um, I cooked a beautiful dinner and my child took all the food and threw it on the floor and I'm so upset and I don't know what to do now. You know, like I'm just basic, basic things. Or my, my child took my stuff and put it in the toilet and now it's all ruined. <laughs> what do I do now? So all that hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Um, but those things are real and parenting is real. So if we find support through sports, which, you know, that sports team or through religion or through the area you live or the school that your kids go to or the parenting things at school why would we not do that in our daily lives to bring it into our home to be able to help that? So I love that you guys have that. On that note, the importance of being together and the idea that you guys created this amazing neighborhood and all the work that you're doing with your great book and all the, the, the help that you're giving the parenting world, where can people find you if they want to access your knowledge and expertise? We would love for them to visit evieandsarah.com, which I'll spell since the spelling's unusual. It's E-V-I-E and... A-N-D-S-A-R-A-H.com. And we would love to be able to give you a link for your listeners to try out a two-week free trial of The Neighborhood, if that's something you're interested in. I would love that. It would be in the show notes, I promise, and all their information. Thank you so much for for making the time today. I truly appreciate your work as a parent, as as a human being, and for taking me seriously and having me on your show. That meant a lot to me. Um, and so I'm so happy to have you guys on and um, for many more collaborations and helping many parents around the world. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I, uh, we just love talking about the neighborhood and, 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 and we love talking about the framework and we just love talking with you because, yes. you, you know, your perspectives are just so fun. And when you were on our show, I like, I, I remember getting off you like, Oh, he's so great. I love his insights and clarity. So <laughs> Thank you so much. It's all fake, by the way. You're it's the best. Fake. It's all fake. When, <laughs> you should see when I get off, I'm like, I'm like the worst, but no, I'm kidding. It's, it's a, I love it. It's a passion of mine. So I really appreciate you guys helping me find my self-care of bringing out this passion and uh, making the time today. I know you guys are both very, very busy. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of the Dude Therapist And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, Email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it. 
because that's what make this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week and see you next time on the Dude Therapist podcast because we've got more guests and more great content coming your way.